You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since first grade, now dads reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm J.B. Wagner. And I'm Eddie Ferguson. And on today's episode, we're scratching our heads a bit as we review That Darn Cat. But first, J.B., how are you and the family doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. Hey, I know last time we saw this podcast, we were looking to buy a home. That we seems, were waiting. We were waiting with bated breath. You were going to get the ding at a moment. We're just continuing to wait for that. We are under contract on a home, done a lot of different things, done some uh, inspections, etc. Doing some finalizing right now, hoping to find out what the final date is going to be. So we can start packing like crazy, which I can only imagine how crazy it's going to be with two kids, one of which Yay. a toddler and a four-year-old that want to be involved in everything. And I'm just, especially the, especially the toddler, she, she's, she's having a little hard time obeying just in general, <laughs> general, just obeying has been a little bit of, sometimes she's really good about it, but then sometimes she just says no and runs away. And uh, tonight we were having to chase her around to get her to actually put away her toys. Uh, but that theme of just not listening uh, the, so my wife really loves to read them part of a good book before bed and not just like a kid's little book, but like she, she was reading the Hobbit right now is what she's currently reading Whoa. too. She's been, she did uh Chronicles of Narnia, some of those books. Um, so, but right now, so sometimes I'll go and I'll like sit in there while they're reading and then do other things, but it gets on my nerves so much that my daughter like just, flat out is like talking the entire time she's reading a book and it annoys me so much. I can't, I don't know how my wife stands it. She just like powers through and like just talks loud, like reads louder while my daughter is just like, la, 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 la. And it's, it's, it drives me bad. I can't be in there. I've just like, she's like, Hey, you want to come in? Just like, this will literally drive me insane. And when I do sit in there, I'm constantly, shh, stop, stop, sissy, stop, shh just like trying to hold her and it's just it's a it's a full contact sport and i i can't stand it so right now they are probably uh oh actually they're they're almost getting she's probably getting done with the reading right now and gonna gonna peace out in a second here i can usually hear the hear when she what book are they on now they're so they're 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 on the hobbit so they're they're in the middle of the hobbit right now um they've done i'm in i'm intrigued by this concept of reading uh, you know, beyond reading beyond. Unquote, yeah, no. Level. Yeah. Cause my son isn't even five yet. Uh, yeah. so I don't know that they get it that much, but it's more the idea of reading them a story, exposure, to exposure, vocab, vocab. Yes. That's a good, it's a good word to it. So that is ah. what, that is what we bet. That's what we've been dealing with, with, uh, my daughter who is now very mobile, very, lots of opinions, cool. lots of, lots of her own desires in this world. We were just looking at all of this. I mean, they have like they meaning like educational experts or whatever, but like so many uh, like kids books. Like I know it's supposed to be like 10,000 kids books before they enter kindergarten. 
Like you're supposed, is it 10? No, it can't be that much. A thousand. Maybe it's a thousand kids books before they enter kindergarten. Eddie, how could you possibly read 10,000? It can't be 10,000. Let me text Sarah. And because even a thousand, like I don't, we've, we never owned a thousand books growing up. That's, 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 I mean, maybe it's a read to them a thousand times. We definitely do that. No. So if um, it's like a program at the local library, uh, yep, it's a thousand books. You're supposed to read a thousand books. A thousand different books. Different books before they enter kindergarten. And that helps broaden their exposure to uh, like vocabulary and concepts and and different things like that. So our public library actually kind of, I don't know if it's an app or some just checking your account, like helps you keep track of like how many different books you have read to your kids. I need to, I need to text my wife right now and find out like. (laughs) But The Hobbit has to count for like at least seven i don't know at least at least seven i was gonna say like at least 50 but yes (laughs) uh but the whole concept is like varied styles and levels of vocab and like reading to your kids um what is it like 30 to 60 minutes a week or something like that which we we do like our kids love reading I am, I just, just, just sent it to my wife right now so that she can, give, get, we can get back. I'm her, sure she's heard about it. <sighs> well, I don't even, I don't even know how that's physical. Cause we, thousand books. you would literally, every time they'd want to read a book, have to read a different one because we read the same books over and over and over again. And they actually like it. They feel like they're picking up things when they right. read the same ones over and over again and recognizing patterns. stuff like that. if you had to write a completely different one, yeah, she just said, dang. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, the so that's your comment. And what's what's hard about that? So if they enter kindergarten like right at five years old, you only have one thousand eight hundred and twenty five evenings with them. So you in the grand scheme of things, like you don't get too many skips there. Yeah, that's a lot. You have to you have to read two thirds of the year. So it has to be and 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 a different book. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. I don't know how to segue That's that. <laughs> they say. That's what they say. You know what else they say? There's some crazy stuff that happened in 1997. <laughs> I have no I have no good segue for this. There's there's just no good segue there for is this. None. There uh is Eddie, what were we doing? So we're we're into a new year, 1987. We finally finished up 1996. What what was? Do you remember what was happening? Well, we in 1997, we turned, we turned ten. Okay, so that's a significant a milestone, we, we, right? We finished up a decade, decade of life, and a decade of um, movies. And it de- <laughs> um, feels like we started well, this we, thing a decade ago, right? Um, so we were 10 years old. We were in fourth grade by now, right? Okay. Did you turn? 
Um, Mrs. Significant Titus, Mrs. Titus class, right? I, I remember a part of that was you took handwriting classes. Ooh, I was so bad at that. And when you passed your handwriting exam, you could begin to do homework in pen. That's right. Right? Yes. Uh, I was one of the last people to get the permission to do that, <laughs> if memory serves me correct. And for whatever reason, I also remember, this is such a random thing. Do you remember this was also the year that um, many M&Ms came out? Do you remember many M&Ms? Yeah. I w- I, and, we literally just had some this week because it's like they, an ice cream. So are they still, they were, when they first came out, they were sold in these little tubes. Oh, they still do. We use that okay. for uh, for my son and my daughter on ice cream sometimes. We'll get them and we'll yeah. put it on the Get the, the little tube, pour it over. And the, why I connect those two memories together is I remembered all the kids in class used those tubes to keep their pins in and like prop up on their desk. They were like cool pin holders yep. in fourth grade. And I was unable to, to do that because my handwriting was and is deplorable. And you should have I, been a doctor just wanted to be able to have the cool mini M&M pin holder on my desk. And uh, it was like by the end of the year, you know, I, I finally got it. But by then, you know, it was like, it's not cool anymore. Fourth grade. That was that was good. I think that was the first year I went to California was when I was in a is either California or Florida. I forget which one. I think it was, I think I think it was Florida. I think it was Florida. That was They're my first. So similar. I think They're so similar because we only ever went on like one big trip a year. So I I, I want to say you know what it was actually Florida. I think that was the first time I went to Disney World. I think that was my mm. first Disney World trip was in fourth grade. Eddie, when we said we've been now through a decade, I went back and looked. Our first episode was September twenty first. We are three weeks away from a full year of podcasting. No way. Because we're on episode 49 and we skipped a f- we, 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 there was, there was some few, few, uh, a missing week in there. One week. You're still holding that against me. No, there was two. There was two. We lost two. We'll have to re, I, I don't, we'll have, I thought we'd only missed one because uh, I wanted to jump through all these so crazy we did. So and, and episode you f- wisely were like, no, we need to take a break. And I was like, okay, you're right. episode 44 was on July 13th. Then 45 Loki and Black Widow was 28th. So we missed the 20th. Yeah. And then the next one, uh, the first, first kid was August 11th. And so we missed okay. the sixth okay. or something. So wow. we did, but anyway, sorry. Wow. What we're doing here is we want to, we, we like every time we go to a new decade for you that are new or new decade, new year for you that you knew, we like to go through like kind of the highlights of what happened in 1997. And we had to speed through this because we got literally right to recording this. And I realized that I forgot to do this. So we kind of had to go crunch the numbers real quick. So I'm sure in the next episode, next time we hit a next year, I'll remember all the things that we forgot, but Ed, you want to start us off with some politics? Um, so we had our first female Secretary of State in Madeleine Albright, um, who is the predecessor to uh, Elizabeth McCord uh, as the... Uh, no, I'm teasing. I'm making a Madam Secretary reference. You never watched that show, did you? I watched like uh, a season. Yeah. 
and then Tony Blair is elected uh, to, uh, well, his party's elected and he becomes the prime minister of the United Kingdom, which he becomes a pretty formidable uh, figure on the world stage. Gotcha. In sports, uh, Brett Favre and the Packers won his one and only um, Super Bowl that year. Packers won several others. Uh, Florida Marlins won the uh, won the the World Series that year, uh, and then the Bulls. This was one of uh, Michael Jordan's last of his last two uh, NBA championships that year. Uh, hmm. In the WNBA, this was their first ever season, first game ever played in the WNBA. I kind of still remember when they when they launched back in the day. Uh, and then a couple of, and then one more thing, uh, Tiger Woods, he was the youngest golfer. He was 21 years old, wow. spry 21 year old began his trajectory to the moon. Uh, at this time, at the age of 21, he won the masters for, so he's the youngest golfer to ever win the masters and just went on. Do you remember, uh, Eddie, when we were in, uh, Sunday school or whatever, and our, our, our Sunday school teacher was like, if anyone can tell me who the most influential person in sports is, I'll give you like 20 bucks or a hundred bucks or something like that. It was um, Zach Richardson's dad. He, yes. And no one thought of Tiger Woods. No yes. one thought of Tiger. This was like, I oh, mean, was this like junior high maybe? Is junior high maybe? Anyways, that's what I always think is of that, when I think of Tiger and Woods. That, and that's what he was looking for. He was he was specifically like, you have to tell me it's Tiger. Like he was looking for someone to say Tiger Woods and everyone's said Michael Jordan and uh, et cetera. And he was right. Like Tiger Woods went on and he's, there's been nobody like him in the sport. But anyway, sorry, that's enough about me and my, <laughs> my memories of sports. Uh, Eddie, take us to uh, some of the entertainment stuff. So this was a, a pretty seminal year for literature. We had the release of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone which we know as Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, so this um, is, a, we would say, a, a pretty significant event that would go on to be one of the largest, um, uh, most successful book franchises ever, and yes. then eventually movies. Um, did you come across Harry Potter right away? No, I was not. I, I had to wait to read and watch the Harry Potter. I don't even remember like um, knowing they existed until much later on. Yep. And and I don't know if that was just the circles we were in. I think it's the circles and the nature of it. There's a lot of question marks in our circles about, oh, it's about wizards, witches, like whatever. Just weren't, we're kind of, kind of cautious. Right. To to put it, to put it lightly. Yeah, because it was high school until I actually like had my hands on them and were, um, I think I started reading towards the end of high school. I know I did the fair share of reading in college. College, college was yeah. for me too. Uh, my wife as well would also back up, back me up on like that's when she came across. I don't know what it, I think we were all just like reading it literally at the same time uh, in our dorm rooms. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The best picture was the English patient. You know, I don't think I've still ever seen it. I know it's out there, but like it's never it's fine. been interesting to me. It's like, it's okay. Um, significant songs, um, or sh- I should say the highest grossing movie. Let's um, highest grossing movie was Men in Black. Um, and I, I remember 
uh, being too young to see Men in Black. <laughs> um, but I remember uh, Daniel Prokop had seen it and he thought it was the coolest movie ever. And I remember him telling me like, like for 30 minutes explaining like the whole movie beat by beat and Spoiled everything it for you. Gotcha. Um, and so that was like my first introduction to, to men in black, uh, top songs. I believe I can fly. R Kelly, uh, was a big hit in 1997, but the highest grossing or the number one song on the billboard for 1997 was, Candle in the Wind by Elton John, which was um, kind of a re-release of one of his previous songs because of a significant event that we're actually coming up on the anniversary of with the death of Princess Diana. Um, He sung that at her funeral, and then it just kind of took off from there and became a a really big, um, big song that year. So yes, Candle in the Wind by Elton John was the number one song of 1997. You know what's 5,000 times better than Candle in the Wind? <laughs> 5,000 5, candles, candles in the Wind. Thank you, Parks oh. and Rec, for, and Little Sebastian. Thank you for that. Little Sebastian. You know the 4th of July parade here in Brownsburg has a Little Sebastian in it <sighs> every year. And every Parks and Rec fan, like, Little Sebastian. Loses it. They lose it. And you can see, like, you immediately know why we're doing this. And then there's those people all around like, what's going on? Like, I what? don't why understand. Why are you guys freaking like, out like about ben, this? Like Ben. And it is so funny to watch every single year. So yes, that's that's really great. Significant um, space events. We uh, yes, cannot. Please, I feel like uh, I, should not, I should not be the one doing these. These are definitely the ones you should be doing. Hail Bop Comet came through. Oh. I remember... What? what was and what was big about the hail hail bop? It is one of these rare comments that like only comes by, and I can't even remember its circle. I I should I feel like I'm failing now. You're failing, but it, you're failing us, Eddie. Like it only comes by like every hundred years or whatever. But I remember going to the observatory over at Butler University. Have you ever gone to the observatory there, at Butler University? Standing in line for like two hours in the cold with my dad and getting like a minute staring into the eyepiece of this powerful telescope and seeing the Hailbot comet. It was uh, pretty, pretty amazing. This is also the year that the Mars rovers land. You've got it's one unit where Pathfinder lands and is kind of a platform to observe from. And then it sends out Sojourn and explores the Martian terrain. Um, don't smirk at me like that. Um, I'm so glad you did this section because I would have been like, <laughs> the Mars rover landed on the surface of Mars. You also, so you know, Mother Teresa know, died. <laughs> it just she went. did. She did. But why this is this is significant because if this didn't happen mark watney never would have been able to communicate with nasa when he was stuck on mars during the martian because he goes and he finds pathfinder and he uses pathfinder to be able to communicate we would have never had any more movies from what's his name actor that i cannot remember his name name. matt damon matt damon (laughs) you'd be he'd still be there this is totally random, but you're going to love it. Sarah and I 
watched We Bought a Zoo for the first time in a really long time the other day. It came out on Disney Plus. What can I say? And we were traveling. We were away from our kids. So you're already a little emotional. We were crying so hard at that silly movie. We were crying so hard. I love Matt Damon. Big that's Matt. Not, that sounds about that's that's about right for you. That makes sense. Right. Right. So, yes, if you didn't catch that in there, also 1997 was the year that Mother Teresa died. So, and I've been to her house in Calcutta. Well, that's a name drop. Well, not, I mean, it's not like her house. It's like her convent, like where convent, she served yep. in, in Calcutta. Gotcha. So, so the, yep, that's what happened in 1997. Uh, but that's not here. That's not why we are here today. We are here to talk about a very little known movie to me that I have <laughs> I had never seen. I knew nothing about this and didn't even know that it was a uh, a, a re-release, not re-release, a a retelling of a previous version. Or I don't know that it came. There was a previous one that came out a long time before they decided to redo it again. I don't understand whatever but we're going to get into it as we review the movie that darn cat cue the disney sound effect okay so imdb description for all of you who have no idea what we're talking about namely uh eddie's cousin eddie's uh nieces and nephews right now Niece and nephews right now that are listening to this. So the IMDb description for that darn cat is so. <laughs> it's, it's this. Sorry, that was so weird. I don't know why I said that that way. Okay. A maid is kidnapped and scratches a message onto DC, the cat's collar. And when his owner, Patty, discovers this, she plays amateur detective with the help of DC to try to find the culprits. This this has so many problems. So many problems in it. I don't know that we needed the cat's name in here for one. And secondly, to have it in there twice is just a little bit, little, little over the top. I mean, that's that's probably the big my biggest concern with this is that it's just too detailed of people. There's lots of things happening in here and she does she is it with the help of dc that that makes it feel like dc is like a willing participant in that i don't think the cat is it's like the cat's just doing its thing and they're just tailing the cat but whatever right right what do you think that's that that's that that's my two cents about the uh imdb description eddie did you have any had you seen this before did you knew did you know what we were getting into with this film so no I had never, ever seen this before. <laughs> did you? No, the real question is, did you make it all the way through? I did. Ooh, okay. Well, that that's a, that's a win right there. Sometimes it's did you? skip hard. Sometimes it's skip hard. I watched it on TV, and so I wasn't there to skip through things. And I did. I did watch it all, and I sat through it. And I think I was, I was... I was somewhat engaged in the film. Okay. So then, okay, I see how you're... You, there was a few moments because I watched it on my iPad. There was a few double taps to give <laughs> like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. Nope, can't do this one either. 
what what scene what what scenes were the ones I, that you I, were like hard no i can't even remember can't even remember it's <laughs> like it was just like moving, moving uh, no if i if i'm if i've got this it's on just a, too <laughs> it's too easy on an ipad right you know exactly what i'm talking about where it's just like nope mm, nope uh, I didn't do it a lot. I had just done it a couple of times because. Oh, was, yeah. There's some movies that I've that I've gone back through and gone like, oh, yeah, the, I watched maybe 20 minutes of a film. Yeah. yeah. I. Um, so, I, no, I had never watched this movie before. I was familiar or like I had seen some clips and knew a little bit about the 1960s version, um, which was one of kind of. And a long string of um, Disney's old live action films like The Nutty Professor and um, uh, Shaggy Dog, um, you know, uh, with the Hunt for Witch Mountain, those types oh, yeah. of films. Like I, I I had seen several of the Parent Trap, right? Those are all those kind of old live action films from that from that period of time. Um, I, I don't even think I've seen that darn cat, the old version all the way through it, only seen kind of bits of it. So, um, yeah, this this was a new one for me. There's wasn't a lot of nostalgia to carry me except for seeing some like classic 90s actors. Yep. Like this was this was full of a lot of like, oh, yeah, he's a pretty common uh, 90s actor. Right. Or, or actress um, Christina Ritchie. Shay Ritchie and yep. holds down the whole film. She basically um, keeps the, the, the keeps the movie together. Yes, to whatever degree this movie is held held together with uh, duct tape and and uh, bailing wire. I think that's the I think that's the the thing. She's basically the only thing keeping keeping this story alive. Yeah, uh, even um, Dougie Doug, right? Um, we know him as Sanka from Cool Runnings. Sanka, uh, I was like, that's the first I ever done. Sanka, this is his like third movie that we've covered. Yeah, yeah. He was a favorite. I didn't realize he had done so many other things. Uh, but even that, there's just like a few moments where they're trying to make him still be that same character. And it's just the not lovable goopball. He just and it's just just doesn't work here. Um, Peter Boyle Pixar. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, sorry. No, Peter Boyle Peter from Boyle. Uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Yep. Father from other everyone's later, but I know who you were going with next. The Pixar Good Luck Charm. John Ratzenberger. Mm-hmm. I just I couldn't remember his name at first, so I just put down the Pixar guy, and then I went and found <laughs> his, and then I, and then so subsequently had to go back and then check is he still alive because there's some Pixar guy that died, and I can never remember what the guy's name is. Well, today, as of recording, mm-hmm. Ed Asner died today. Who voiced the voice of Carl? Carl from, from Up. Up. Yep. But yes, no. John Ratzenberger is in every single one of those. Um, and there was a kind of a few others that I'm like, oh, yeah, you're from something else. But I, I don't like the two security guard guys. Thomas F. Wilson were, and Brian Haley. Yep. What were they from? I don't I know, but I've 100 percent seen them in yeah. a lot of things. There was a couple couple of friends references in here. Uh, so the uh, the one lady that well, so the one guy who did the mocklet, the fake chocolate. That mm-hmm. Monica uh, 
uses uh tries to sell and tries to cook into something and it's horrible that guy's in here uh and then also lou the the lady who uh runs the the beef or the what was it called meat the meat store the butcher she's the butcher the butcher <laughs> the meat store what? the the place the place where the, you get the meats <laughs> you know the person who cuts meat cuts sells meats, it. all the meats to everybody she was on friends as uh, ironically as a uh animal control when she when there when someone calls uh animal control on them for uh ross has the monkey that's living with him marcel so i noticed a couple of those people were like oh that's from fr- those two people are from friends but uh that was a, that was that was it for me Yeah, I um this movie is just slow and doesn't have I it doesn't have a compelling uh uh drama. Like there's not none the conflict, whatsoever. None whatsoever. The cat and is supposed to kind of, of be it, but one, I don't like cats. I hate cats. Um so that's where it's just like, oh, this is literally going to follow a cat around. Um, never mind. Uh, and then you open with the weird oh. rich couple. Oh my god, that lady! What? Why? She's jumping on a trampoline in the bed. Like I'm just so confused. I'm. Uh, I am utterly speechless on that couple. And I feel uh, awkward obs- watching her jump on the. Tra- it's just like in the leotard. It's just like, what's going on here? It's Why are we weird. here? Right now? It's uncomfortable. Yeah. So you you in no way feel for the maid who's been kidnapped. You don't really get it. And even Christina Ricci, Ricci's character, you don't really feel bad for her. Like, oh, you know, like. It's a common tale, right, of a kid who wants to escape small town because it's boring. Wearing the black, oh. wearing the black clothes. Yeah, it's just like this is too cliche, and it's not really done well. Not at all. So, um, my my highlights, if I if I have a favorite part of the movie, I probably enjoyed out of anything. If I enjoyed anything, was the um, I did like the little banter between the two mechanics across the street. I thought you would like that. Uh, I enjoyed that little, little, uh, yeah. Bickering mechanics, little slapstick, especially when it escalates towards the end. And, and that's what I think was so random and kind of helped, uh, illustrate the whole randomness of this movie was that you had these two guys like on a paintball fight in the middle of the climax of the movie. And they keep cutting back over to the two mechanics, even though they have no impact on that storyline whatsoever. Zero. We're just cutting over to them for kicks and giggles. Um, I could see what they were. I I think they were trying to do something or be self-aware or something. And it wasn't executed very well at all. It was like this. It's supposed to be a sleepy town that has more going on than you think. But the, all the adults are idiots, and they're all just doing ridiculous things. The whole 
weird love interest with Lou and the and at first I thought they were policemen, but no, they're just like security guards for yes something. Like I don't a security get that. company. They have like no they're authority. Just driving around town. Yeah, they have zero authority for anything. Uh, so if you ha- you have that. You got the old lady old uh, on here. It says old lady McCracken. What part does she have to play in it? Um, there's so many. Uh, it, she is so random. Like calling, like prank calling the whole town or something. I I have zero idea what what her. I, I forgot what her place in all of this was. Uh, it it was it was it was. I but I could see what they were trying to do. Like this girl who thinks she's in a sleepy town. Really, there's more happening than she thinks. But yeah. none of those other things has anything to do with the plot, other than to make you wonder who's really the one behind it but there's not that many compelling people that have a a a part to play in the actual plot you can tell immediately that their hypothesis of who was doing what is completely wrong and it's just like okay who's the most normal people in here well peter uh pa and uh and whatever uh his wife's name ma or whatever her name yeah pa and ma 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 and pa the moment they had the cherry stem it was just like okay it's them Gotcha. Thank you. Because the other people are too preoccupied with their own weird little worlds. It was so strange. Uh, and even that, like when it's revealed that it is them, you're not like, there's no motive. <gasps> right. There's still, I, like, why did they do this? Well, they did it. They, it was a throwaway line that they had uh, lost a whole bunch of money and, um, Monte Carlo and that. And they, so they tried to kidnap somebody to get the ransom money. They thought, oh, if I get the ransom money, then I'll their masks were high tech, though. Yeah, they're, that was probably more interesting part of it all. Like the, like the little voice modulators that they had. That was intense stuff. That was that was some high quality gear that they had there. But why? Why did they have the soda shop? Why? What did? Were they trying to, like, turn this into a bigger business? Was there money laundering going on? Like, give me something. There's just like there was no backstory to why they were doing what they were doing. Although it didn't, although it did lead up to a very in, intense and abs- and just all over the place chase scene <laughs> at the end. Oh, that was it was way too it, much. It was um, it was probably an inspiration for Michael Bay. Let's oh yes, this is what he modeled his career after. I don't know when The Rock came out, but I'm sure that some of these things ended up in The Rock, among other things <laughs> that he made. Um, I'm trying to uh, look this up here because this is the beginning of. Um, yeah, and, and I don't even know how to look for this because it's not a we often will think of like Disney remakes uh, or live action remakes like what we looked at in last episode with 101 Dalmatians yeah. where they go back and they take this kind of starts a little and we're going to see this on our movie list here coming up a little bit more where they begin to remake live action movies that were made in like the 50s and 60s that were pretty common um this is the beginning of of that kind of remaking of those you know what i mean um yep. what's coming up after that let me pull blubber and here. mr magoo i feel We've like those were flubber 
Mr. Magoo. Uh, the Parent Trap yep. is probably mm-hmm. the the culmination of that. They're going to get to my favorite Martian. Um, Inspector Gad. Well, that's a cartoon, but yeah. I, the ones that I was thinking of was like my favorite Martian. Parent Trap is probably the bigger the one. The big one, yeah. Lohan. Um, so this does kind of kick off a little mini trend that Disney is going to kind of follow through on for a little bit. Unfortunately. <laughs> there's some there's some good moments. Yes, this movie is unfortunate. And there's a few in this lineup that are unfortunate. Um, but The Parent Trap, I like that movie. I look forward to rewatching that one again soon. Um, I just saw one of the actresses from that uh, w- right after this film ended. It said, if you like this, would you like something else? And no, it was actually, you know what? That's that's it. That darn cat. She's well, in a hunter one. No, the so that darn cat, the original, was the girl from the parent trap, the original parent trap. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um Haley Mills. Yeah. I did I did find one line in here to write down of all of all the lines in here to worth writing down. This is the one, and I'm sure you might know where I'm going with this once I said. Uh so she says like is there anything else we can help you with and she said i wish you could do something about these fleas on on dc and and uh so she runs away and he says man i wish we could could have done something about those fleas and he said we're just men melvin not gods <laughs> why was why was that necessary that wasn't necessary <laughs> I, yes i remember that moment happening going what and, the, I, and that's around the time that it dawns on me that they're not police officers. Yep. That they're just security guards. It's like, oh, these guys have zero authority, have no ability right. whatsoever. Right. Uh, while we're on the subject of uh, law enforcement, uh, so my wife had definitely was tuned out to this movie completely until the FBI joined in because uh, she has a love-hate relationship with anything that has to do with uh, uh, clunky FBI. She absolutely loves it. It's a weird fascination cool. she has because she feels Not like, the FBI. So, so it comes from... She feels like the FBI is an incompetent group of people that have probably never done much in their lives. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know where... It, <laughs> She, she can give you a more better hypothesis, but she's like, look at everything they've done. It's been a disaster as a group and they don't do. It. So anytime we watch something and the FBI is on it and they are bad at their jobs like they are in this film, she fully appreciates it and, and, and just like takes it all in. So it's just one of those things that like her real life uh, feelings about a group of people that when it is presented on film, she loves So she's in, she was in anytime the FBI was there doing stupid things. Well, and, and I'll tell you, I was a little confused by this because one, when he first come, when they're like first come on, they're interviewing the couple. He's the, he's captain, right? Which I don't know the FBI really well. And I, I, I don't should probably have, double check. This, do they have captains? But I don't think they have captains. Like, I think you have agents and special agents. I don't think You're there's right. captain. So I'm I thought, OK, this is just a police investigation. And then all of a sudden it like comes and reveals, no, they're actually FBI. And I'm going, they didn't what? know the people didn't know homework on. The, on like, this did film. this change halfway through? Um, 
And then I'll be honest, like there's just an element where like the captain, I'm like, man, he's not searching after much. No. Uh, he is not fit for the field uh, <laughs> whatsoever. Let, let, let alone so Sanka. Sanka should never have been, <laughs> should right, never been right. on the field. And he's got the weird painting of his dad. Who oh, that's was, so awkward. It, it just, just, yeah, clunky would be a, a great way to describe all of that, but. Yeah, yeah. The the, just, the real one, the real thing that got me was when he was like, I obviously didn't trust Sanka. Obviously was like, this is a crazy thing. There's no way. And he's like, but I'll let you go down the road and, and go look into it. He's like, great, can I get a team? Sure, I'll send four guys. I was like, no, you don't send four guys if you have no, no intention of this ever working out. You would not spend any more money and manpower than is possibly just the no. paper thin level of participation in this. And he gives them a whole team of people. I'm like, that's not, no, that's never, that's never happening. Never. That's ever. never happening. The other thing that's never happening is a husband and wife having a romantic evening and the husband choosing to conclude said romantic evening just to go smoke a cigar, even though it won't continue. Um, no, no. He, he gets in the car to continue the, the romantic evening. Yeah. He, like, yeah. Going, going and saying, oh, I'm choosing to smoke my cigar after this evening instead of taking like going the rest of the way home. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, there's just all of these like little kind of moments where I'm like, yeah, that would, that would never happen. The, the security never guards happen. never questioned the that maybe there maybe the meat came from the store across the across the road. From right across them. The Not like, hey, well, I wonder where this meat actually came from. Oh, wait a minute. There's a butcher shop across the street. Uh, uh, there's just so many things with this movie. It, uh, I think it's got a 12% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's generous. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. I, I'll, let me just say this, Eddie. Just this, say it. This movie is a mess. It's all over the place. And there's a lot of films that we've, we've watched that were really bad that I just clicked through as fast as possible. We've hit a lot of them recently with like Homeward Bound 2, um, there's there's many other ones. Homer Bound one for that matter. Uh, <laughs> you liked Homer Bound one. The first one was fine. The rest of them, oh, James they and were, the Giant were, Peach. I didn't click through that one. That one was fine for me. I know that I, I know that you didn't like that. It was um, a hard one for me. Uh, Tom and Huck at times. Uh, there there's just there's some there's we've had some bad move. First kid that was definitely a click through. This one somehow had enough just weird this is bad but like at the same time it kept me going i don't know yeah. what I, I can't put my finger on it it's not a good movie it's not a rewatchable whatsoever but it was such a it, disaster it was a car wreck that i had to keep on watching i don't yeah, that's the I, best way i, I can I, put it I think, you know, James and the Giant Peach, like, I just couldn't even stand. Like, I turned it off. Like, I just could. This one, there was just something weird enough about it that I just kept it going in the background while I was, you know, well, doing some it work. It comes down but... to the name. That darn cat. That's how I felt about this movie. <laughs> that darn movie. That darn movie. I, I it don't. Just, it just keeps on going. There's 
Oh, yep. Now down there's a casket in this in this chase scene. Oh, there goes a flower cart all over everywhere. This is the this is Michael Bay's inception right here. I don't foresee watching this movie ever again in my life. No, no, definitely not. And the best the the definitely the quintessential part of this that was so bad. The freeze frame false ending. If you've got a freeze frame to end the movie, you you end with that freeze frame. You roll credits, you move on. This had a freeze frame and then another scene. What did was you happening? Also, they also did this weird where they'd speed it up a little bit and then like it didn't add to the action. It was almost like they didn't want to cut and trans, you know, or do they just kind of sped up and then it start back up at normal speed. Sped up and kept going. I'm like, this is just lazy editing. I don't yeah. know. There's yeah, there were several little things like that. The biggest being that freeze frame at the end where you're going, oh, it's gonna end. No, it's not. But what are you gonna do? And we and and we also never talked about the opening logo sequence where where it's doing the whole Disney thing and then it's cat screaming. <laughs> is this the first one? You know. I mean, that's a like a thing now, right? Like they're rewriting the opening Disney song to kind of mimic uh, the, you know, I think of like Coco, they do it in mariachi theme and um, you're you right. Know, Cruella. Is this like, really the first alternate opening? And they I, wasted I can't think it on of this another film. one. I can't think of another one that they that they started it on. The squealing cats. That's all I got to say. I'll it's tell so you, bad. that was the moment where I went, oh, oh no. no, oh no, oh no. Can we, can we please change the hype, the, the, the format of this show? I was like, oh no, oh no. And it lived up to that, oh no. The real question is, oh no, do we have to actually even say what we, what we rate this, this film as? Is he getting any fruit snacks? It's getting one one whole fruit snack because that's that's the that's the base. That's the bottom. I, I'll give it one whole fruit snack if nothing else because I made it to the end. We 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 earned that fruit snack. And we get to eat that one fruit snack. And by golly, it it's a it's a berry flavored one, right? None of this like orange fruit snack. <laughs> it's a berry flavored one. Oh, goodness. Yes, me too. One fruit snack. Never going to watch this thing ever again unless we decide to redo this entire thing over again, which I hope not. I, ho- I really hope not. <laughs> uh, but one thing we are going to be doing it over again, uh, we are bringing back our friend Tim Allen for next week uh, as we review Jungle to Jungle. Uh, so Tim Allen is back. Is this his third film we've reviewed, including the Santa Claus is there? Man, is, um, what was the other Tim Allen? We had the Santa Claus, and then feels like we've had it. I feel like, or is or is that literally the only thing we've done with Tim Allen? He's no. been well. He's been Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. I'm looking through the list. I can't think of another thing that he was in. Yep, I guess um, that's besides it. Besides the Santa Claus. 
unless there was one before him. Well, that's it. And that is it for today's episode, for this week's episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Please go to honeywemade.com slash movies and you can check out all the films that we've got coming up, plus all the previous films that we've done as well. Uh, So you can see there and please go subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Uh, Hopefully next week will be better than this week, uh, but we can't make any promises. We just promise to cover it. All of them, everything from 1988 to 2005. But thanks for listening to another week.